Welcome back, folks. We did it. We survived the Scarlet Knights at home in the Horseshoe on homecoming weekend. The Buckeyes survived to come away with a win in front of the home crowd in the 100th year celebration of Ohio Stadium. In front of 100,000 fans, the Buckeyes come away with a W last Saturday against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'll introduce him right off the start because we're not sure how long we'll have him. Mike co-host of this podcast but entering into the busy season of his full-time job adam vonderhaar out active on the farm adam give us a little farm report for harvest 2022 farm report uh meant to spend the whole day on corn but we spent the whole day on the corn head and we're not done yet so uh just gonna probably get back to that but it's great to see two of my best buddies virtually and uh Hope to see a great game on Saturday. I think that's what the prediction is, and uh, I will uh, I think I'm going to hop off. But uh, good to see both of you. One question, for, one question for, for Adam before we go. Adam, one thing you loved, you saw, or one thing you hated for Rutgers last Saturday? I ha- the people at home, they're dying. This is selfish. I hated that they scored any points on us, but it was minimal. Um, I don't know. Offense, defense, running, passing. Can't ask for a lot more from the Ohio State team right now. We need to play some better teams. I think that that happens this weekend in East Lansing, and uh, that'll be a, the first true test of the season other than Notre Dame, which is a complete powerhouse this year. It's funny. My, my, Facebook, uh, Adam, uh, my Facebook friends that are Notre Dame fans are finally peeking their heads back out from under the covers from those first couple weeks of the season. Getting uh, All of a sudden, we're bringing a new alternate uniform, I guess, uh, into the program. So that I'm sure that'll fix everything, but... Not to make this the Notre Dame episode, but uh, no, that's all I got, guys. That's all I got. Adam, you were saying you were saying after the game on Saturday, after Emeka Ibuka muffed his punt on the opening uh, receiving kickoff, you were hoping to f- you used the words forcibly transfer him to Rutgers. I didn't know exactly what that meant. Like you were trying to send him away for his mistake. Did you have anything else to share? No, I that? don't. I don't remember saying that. Um, I must no. Actually, I got you an Abram. That, I think that's, sure that's what it is. I don't. I, I like him about Denzel. Burke. I like him. Yeah. I get no, no problem yeah. here. Now he shouldn't have dropped that ball, but that's all right. Give him a short field. Let those kids live out their dreams, scoring a touchdown on Ohio State. You know, uh, good for them. <laughs> you know, how Iowa waves to those kids in the hospital. That was kind of our nice little version of that in Columbus. But other than that, uh, I think that's all I got. That's perfect. Adam, thank you for the farm report and update on Harvest 2022. Always thankful to have my brother uh, join us for these calls. Uh, that'll yep. do it. Hey, thank peace you, out. Peace out, Adam. Uh, not a ton out, ton more to report from the game on Saturday. Um, kind of a wonky game uh, style-wise for the Buckeyes offense. Really, the passing game didn't. Uh, maybe take off as we as we have seen, uh, you know, Stroud essentially melt defenses like warm butter the last few weeks. But last weekend, a little trouble uh, from Stroud going through the air. He finishes the game with 13 uh, uh, completions on 22 attempts, 154 yards through the air, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, that really wasn't the story of the game because the Buckeyes found so much success on offense running the football. And Mayan Williams kind of had his career game as a Buckeye so far. Uh, Travion Henderson out uh, with a with a uh, uh, ouchy ankle uh, from the week before. Mayan Williams gets all of the carries on Saturday, uh, leading the Buckeyes with 21 carries for 189 yards on the ground, averaging nine yards a carry with a long of 70 yards. 
But the uh, the headline from Saturday was finishing the day Mayan Williams with five touchdowns on the ground, tying the all-time Ohio State uh, rushing record, finding that pay dirt five different times on Saturday to almost cover uh, the spread. The Buckeyes come away with the 49-10 to victory over Rutgers. Um, only other kind of notable play from last Saturday, uh, what – Many in the national media on, and on social media, you may have seen uh, called, you know, many people were hurling things like classless Ohio State, typical Ohio State, uh, faking a punt uh, up, you know, four touchdowns into the second half. If you go back and watch the replay, I was I thought that was funny. You know, I, I was there. It was my first game being in the stadium live uh, to see it last Saturday. But at no point, you know, if you actually watch the play and look at the the situation on the field, at no point does it look like it's a called fake punt, right? It's Jesse Jesse uh, Micro, I believe, gets the ball back there in the backfield. Greg Schiano has the defense lined up in a full punt block, and just as you has it, have it, our punter, you know, kicks Aussie style as they call it. So he's running out, uh, kind of the right side behind the line, and absolutely nobody in front of him. And I don't know if he was coached to do this or not, but you see you see no defenders in front of you, even on a fourth and ten, and you've got 30 yards of green space. Uh, if I'm the head coach, I'm saying take that every single time. That's what he does. And he takes the late hit out of bounds, maybe three steps uh, into the white. And one of the crazier things I've ever seen in, in Ohio Stadium, Greg Schiano sprints 50 yards across the field, the head coach of Rutgers. Uh, <laughs> obviously not happy with Ohio State. Uh, you know, getting the first down on that punt. Um, but then we see the, you know, the uh, the events after that ending up with Ryan Day and Greg Schiano with, with some pretty uh, big sausage fingers being pointed at each other's faces. I mean, it was an unbelievable scene. Um, Schiano, obviously, uh, when Ryan Day got his start on staff, Schiano was still the defensive coordinator here at Ohio State. So they obviously have a history dating back a number of years and they cleared it all up in the post game and, you know, no hurt feelings, just two guys trying to protect their players, but definitely a funny scene from last Saturday. Also funny, just how, how things can maybe be misconstrued. I would say, uh, when you're just looking at a single play, uh, but if people want to call Ohio state classless, I guess we'll take it. We'll also take the 49 to 10 victory over a conference opponent last Saturday. That's all. Uh, you survived the game with minimal injuries. You know, you, you get that W, another one stacked in the win column to be able to press on in this uh, campaign. But other than that, really, it was just another resume booster for those folks who think Rutgers uh, as a program has no place uh, existing in the Big Ten. Uh, it was just another one of those days on Saturday, just a completely different, you know, level of athlete, level of player on the field playing two different games. Um they, they, they always go over that spread every time we, we line up to play Rutgers each year. And every time we play them at home, it is always the home game for that same reason, or the homecoming game for that same reason. But again, the average margin of victory has been like 40 points plus every single year we play them. And you really continue to think that that's going to be the case for as long as they're in the conference. Now, with conference realignment, and new teams joining, and maybe a restructuring of divisions or dropping into modules, obviously... Rutgers' path to success is going to change. But until that point, the absolute ceiling that it looks like for that program is trying to get to 6-6 six and six and, and heading off to a bowl game to, to finish the year. So best of luck to them. Shiano seems like has righted the ship for whatever that means in this new Big Ten world. They have an okay team that's been able to be competitive with everybody except the big dogs in the conference. So we, we have that. We come away with a win. And we turn the page. 
to one of the bigger matchups of the year for most Ohio State fans. They look forward to playing this team. And to join us for this week to break it down, I've got a, a guest, but I've got a little sound clip to play to kind of get us in the mood for this opponent. This is Sparta! A perfect introduction for a perfect guest. He joins us every week uh, as we get ready to preview uh, the Buckeyes taking on Michigan State. Every year we do it in the five-year existence of this podcast. Joining me live from, I believe, Plain City, Ohio, uh, Clay Parrish, the hog professional on his own, but the, the lover of those boys in green and white from northwestern Ohio. Clay, how are you doing? Well, Ryan, I'm I'm doing well. Been uh, been traveling quite a bit with work. Uh, head to head to Georgia next week. As soon as I get back from East Lansing, uh, had this trip planned to the game for uh, uh, quite a few months now. Girlfriend Leah has never been to East Lansing. Uh, was hoping that it would maybe be a college game day type atmosphere. When looking at the schedule, obviously things have not went that way for my team. Your team took care of their business. Uh, but uh, you know, life's good. My Lions are one and three um, with. The most points in the NFL, one and three. Uh, so things are looking up. If we can get a defense there, um, it just seems like all the teams I enjoy to root for love to break my heart. But on a baseball note, opening day will will be right around the corner, and my Cubs finish the season on a bright note against the Redlegs. So uh, I guess I have that going for me right now. Fifteen to two, and just an unbelievable <laughs> loss for the Reds to finish uh, the season, eclipsing that one hundred loss mark for. I believe the second time in franchise history. And anytime you say anything regarding the Reds in the words franchise history, you know it's a pretty big deal because they've they've been playing the game since the game's been played. Longer so, than anybody. You know. <laughs> so just just terrible. But yeah, Clay and I love catching uh, Reds Cubs. Anytime we're able to make that happen, we got to do it this year. So big shout out to Clay's girlfriend, Clay's girlfriend Leah's dad, uh, getting us big those time. tickets uh, this season. So really fun spending some time down there in Great American Ballpark. But, yeah, Clay Clay kind of buried the headline a little bit, uh, but but he knows kind of the the, the, where, the state of the fan base uh, right now with Michigan State. I think that they're going into this game with their eyes open. Definitely has not been the start of the year that I would say that the Spartan Loyal maybe would have expected, you know, coming out of that $95 million contract announced last year for Mel Tucker uh, in his inaugural season. Uh, the Spartans, I don't, I'm, I'm reminding this for the folks at home, not for Clay, not trying to put him through any kind of damage here. Uh, but yeah, Michigan State opens the season with three losses heading into Saturday. Um, not a, not a terrible loss, but maybe one that I didn't predict. I had the Spartans picked when they made that trip out to Washington. They lose that one uh, against the Huskies, 39 to 28. And then these last two weeks to open up Big Ten play, uh, dropping games against Minnesota and Maryland uh, makes for what you might call a lackluster um, matchup for Saturday, but I, I think that I can speak for a lot of scarred Ohio State fans that it has happened many times where Ohio State has looked at a, a Michigan State opponent uh, thinking that it was going to be easy money walking out with a win after a Saturday and all of our dreams being crushed. I can say personally for me, I was there in 2015, one of the one of the more fun Ohio State teams to root for coming off of a national championship, undefeated through the season, and Michigan State just destroys Ohio State's hopes for a postseason uh, with what most people remember will remember as the notorious windmill kick uh, knockoff 
uh, walk-off kick at the uh, end of Ohio State's season in 2015. And then rewinding the clocks for those Buckeye and Michigan State historians back there, the 1998 season (laughs) where Michigan State, I mean, essentially takes a national championship out of Ohio State's mouth that year with the way things were lining up. Um, Take away a trip to the Rose Bowl, just – so a couple different heartbreakers in program history at the hands of the Spartans. And I know that that is the role that the Spartan loyals love to play, you know, in a season like this. But I think that Clay, and you're probably going to give it to us here. I'm not sure that that is the expectation uh, that the green and white folks have uh, going into Saturday. Why don't you just give us your kind of opinions on the team? We'll kind of get it started. Yeah. Tell us about the Spartans. Surely, surely. First of all, real quick, shout out Adam Vonderhaar, Feeding America, working his butt off. <laughs> Uh, thank you to the farmers and thank you to Adam. Um, but no, the, the the Michigan State team certainly not the not the start that Spartan faithful had hoped for. Um, you pay a coach ninety five million dollars, you expect big things. I hope he's writing Kenneth Walker weekly paychecks uh, in cuts of those those big checks because certainly uh, Kenneth Walker <laughs> has helped Mel Tucker earn that. And do I still think Mel Tucker's the guy? Yeah, uh, I do. I I'm not one to take five games into a season and. And, and just write somebody off for their for their career, um, but but this team has been so disappointing from the from the perspective of injuries after game one um, when you, when you have five or six of your of your starters out one out for the year defensive two defensive captains uh, your your one of your interior defensive linemen that makes noise happen that certainly hurts uh, but when you make Washington and you make Maryland and you make Minnesota. Uh, look like just air raid offensive powerhouses. It certainly uh, is. There's more to the problem than just that, especially when Mel Tucker um, is the defensive backs coach. Um, and that's certainly part of the problem. Uh, but the defense in the second half of last week got off the field when they needed to in the second half and the offense uh, could, could not get anything going. You thought Peyton Thorne uh, had a record breaking season last year, broke Connor Cook, Kirk Cousins record, uh, people who live in the lore of Michigan state, uh, uh, football history. Uh, he broke those records. So you thought big things. Um, his running mate was out for a few games. Jalen Reed, certainly uh, 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 going to be an NFL uh, pro uh, without a doubt. Uh, he, he's been sidelined, played the last two weeks, but limited. Uh, just just injuries plagued, but also just poor performance. Uh, eight, six interceptions for Thorne, some fumbles. Um, they're, they're rotating three backs. Uh, usually that could be a good thing. The problem is, is there's not a guy who who is a go-to guy right now. It's the it's the six-year senior Elijah Collins that seems to be getting uh, all the the love because he's the only one that's really running hard. The other two uh, would be transfers from Colorado and Wisconsin that just haven't worked out the way uh, that maybe the team uh, would have expected. Uh, Mel Tucker stayed positive. Well, I mean, that's really the only thing you can do in this situation. But I can tell you that the people in East Lansing are ready for the defensive coordinator to leave. Um, they're ready for some shakeup, uh, and I, we've talked about those those upsets. Mel Tucker was a graduate assistant in 1998 in Nick Saban's tenure. Mel Tucker, since being the head football coach of the Spartans, has been outscored by the Buckeyes 108 to 19. Uh, that's not good, in case you're wondering, Ryan. That's that's <laughs> not good. Um, it, it really comes down to execution and, and who has more athletes at the end of the day, and that is always going to be Ohio State. Um, and I just I can't see the game remaining close for long. But the last time Michigan State was this big of underdog, 1998 against Ohio State, they went in and won outright. So 
And I know Great you, pull. you know how fans are. I, I'll probably by Saturday talk myself into well, if things bounce the right way, maybe it can be. We a, got a, a chance. Chance. Um, but I, I just, I just can't see it happening. This, this to me is maybe the most complete Ohio State Buckeyes team I've watched, um, and and that's saying a lot. Um, maybe they don't have the stud Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe they don't have uh, the stud wide receiver because the stud wide receiver's been on the sideline all year injured. And they haven't missed a beat, not a beat. And the defense seems to have shored things up. Uh, the only problem with the special teams is they want to get in fights, I guess. So that's uh, it's really the most complete Ohio State team I've I've seen. I think uh, since and maybe in my lifetime. I, I I would I want to disagree with you, Clay. I've had trouble being like trying not to be hyperbolic as we've talked about this team, but through you know five weeks. We, we kind of said it this off season, and I want to go back to Mel Tucker and talk a little bit about the Spartans. So remind me in a second. But we talked this off season. You know, last year's campaign, the the offense was terrific. I mean, the air raid offense was awesome. We uh, this true freshman running back and Travion Henderson that was blowing you know eighty yard runs. It seemed like every single Saturday, like we couldn't stop scoring points. The problem was the defense was Swiss cheese, and we had a lot of likable guys, it seemed like, on the defensive staff. Kerry Combs is one of my favorite assistant coaches mm-hmm. that has ever been through this program, and uh, the, the the program really kind of had to take a tough look in the mirror this offseason and say, hey, I think we got to do some things, you know, that maybe aren't going to feel very good, but in the long run are going to make us better, and that's kind of what happened. A little bit of a clearinghouse on the defensive side. Gene Smith goes to Ryan Day and says, hey, it doesn't matter what it costs. we got to fix this defense. And that seems to be the case. Jim Knowles comes across from uh, Oklahoma State to come to the real OSU, as fans might like to joke about, and really has made a pretty pretty staunch difference. I mean, five games into the season. And we, we talked about it expectations-wise. At no point ever were the expectations, hey, this, this Buckeye defense has to be like a top five mm-hmm. defense in the country, be- because there's really no reason for that. All we need is a top 30 defense that can get a few stops and try and turn the ball over a few times a game and play aggressive. And really, Knowles, I mean, as far as schemes go, has fit that to a T. We give up a handful of big plays every single game, but you will have that when you're loading the lineup and you're trying to cause disruption in the backfield. All that to say, the listeners have heard me talk about this before. I want to rewind the clock a little bit and give hopefully a little solace to maybe some Michigan State fans if anybody's listening to this game. In the NFL, and Clay kind of talked about this at the beginning, uh, in the NFL, the most important thing, the thing that gives you a chance any given Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, is who you have, you know, getting the ball under center. Who's the guy calling the plays? Who's the guy delivering the throws, handing the ball off, being the leader of the offense? In college football, that shifts a little bit. Yes, the quarterback matters a ton, but man, the head coach is so vital. The head coach has to know exactly what's going on on every side of the ball. And not only that, they are the ones going out and bringing the lifeblood you know, into this program every single year. And Mel Tucker, I'm going to give him, you know, his flowers here on this, is a terrific coach in that way. He's the guy that goes into the transfer portal, can recruit guys to come to Michigan State that maybe didn't see it uh, as their first option coming out of high school. And we saw that last year. I'm going to make a big comparison here, but we saw that last year. You know, he, he gets all these guys in the first year of a true transfer portal, Kenneth Walker being the gem of, you know, the of the rest. But and totally just shatters expectations for what people had, you know, going into last season. 
Big Ten fans, people around the country like to play revisionist history, right? Like the Spartan, you know, Spartans only lose a couple games last year, and they think, well, that's what we should be, you know, accustomed to coming into this season. But really, college football, the NFL, there's a real buoyancy to it. You know, at some point, you're going to come to, you know, where your team, you know, is exactly. And this year, what has looked like a giant disappointment, and in some ways, you know, maybe it is. Minnesota, I think, is a lot better than people think that they are. So that score doesn't, you know, jump off the board to me. But, you know, you've got three losses in your first five games. A lot of people like to pull the fire alarm off uh, out of that. You look at the actual losses and you actually don't hate them, you know, maybe as much as you think on paper. You know, the Minnesota and Maryland, both of them are better than they normally are. And the, the problem here with the Spartans is that, you know, in college football, all you need out, out, of, out of your quarterback is consistency. And what you've gotten out of Peyton, you know, through five games is consistent kind of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't throw eight touch, not You can throw eight touchdowns. What you can't do is throw six picks in five games. You know, that that's the one thing that will kill you. And, you know, at some point this is all going to come back to even. The reason I, I started this was – I, you know, you're a Lions fan, and I'm a Bengals fan. We've had our fair share of misery, both of us rooting for <laughs> NFL teams. Um, but going into this season, you know, expectations couldn't have been higher, right? The Bengals are coming off of a Super Bowl run. Joe Burrow, you know, seems like he's got an opportunity to be the greatest Ohio professional athlete in the history of the state, you know, with where he's coming off of last year and what where he took our franchise. Uh, and then we open the season dropping two games. And it's like, you know, is it time to pull the fire alarm? Well, no. You know, you come back to you got Joe Burrow under center, and I would say that for the same for Michigan State. You've got Mel Tucker, who I agree. I think that he's a terrific coach in college football, and I think he can do a great job uh, with the program. Will you see that success in back-to-back years, you know, this year? No, I think that there's always a letdown factor. You know, after you have a wild uh, season with wild talent that leaves for the NFL, but I think you can take a little solace in the fact that you're going to get more guys there in East Lansing because you have a dude, you know, being there in the room to recruit them. And there's a reason that if you look at Michigan State social media, you know, Peyton Thorne's not getting the love on Twitter. It's Mel. Mel is the guy. He's the guy in the videos. He's the guy with the, giving the speeches in the locker room. He is the program, right? That's what you're promoting. And I think that that is a, a really positive side uh, sign in the long term uh, for Spartan fans. So all that to say, I'm kind of with Clay. I don't see Saturday going super well for Michigan State, but I really don't think that that means anything in the long term for the program, and I really like what they're doing. You know, there's there's not that many programs in the Big Ten that you can look at and say, hey, I think they're going in the right direction. Michigan State's on a very short list. I think Maryland's on that list. Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, all these perennial powers that we've been, you know, like so accustomed to having at least a little bit of success in the conference – they don't have an answer, you know, right now, and they don't have a direction. And at the very least, I think Michigan State has a great uh, way that they're heading, and they know what the culture of the program is. So if I'm way too off base on any of that, Clay, you could <laughs> chime in. But that was kind of my, my premise on the whole thing. No, absolutely. And and the good thing, Mel Tucker is certainly recruiting his butt off, and that's something. I love Mark D'Antonio, but he never got four or five-star recruits. People want to come play for Mel Tucker. Um uh, their their defensive line coach works with Aaron Donald. He works with all the stud uh, and at Brian Jordan. He works with all these stud NFL defensive linemen. So the defensive line recruits have been great because these guys see uh, see what he's done and who he's worked with, and they want to come. Um, good thing for Michigan State. Nobody's nobody's decommitted after a horrible start. 
Um, this, that is huge. This is yep. a big recruiting weekend. Uh, I know there will be a lot of people there. And if you get boat race, do some guys say, man, the, the maybe maybe we're not uh, fully bought in. Um, I hope not, but, but there's always that potential um, that that happens. So uh, Mel, Mel can get players in there, and, and I think that's a huge step. Uh, you know how it is. If you're bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody, you're at a pretty good start and a pretty good advantage in college football. Um, and Michigan State just has to get bigger, faster, and stronger uh, without a doubt. And we can't just have it, keep having these one-off gems to, to stay consistent in, in winning. And uh, Mel Tucker can fix this season and, and, and save, save, uh, save face by doing uh, one of two things, beating Ohio State or beating Michigan. Uh, it's pretty simple. Yep. Uh, COVID year, he yep. won two games. One of those was Michigan as 24-point underdog. And everybody said, well, it was a horrible year. Well, I agree it was. Um, it was his first year. He was a late hire. Um, and it, But he beat Michigan. He's 2-0 against Michigan. So you do one of those two things, no matter if you win four or five games, um, you can always point to point to those games and say, well, we beat our rivals. So um, if, if that's in the back of his head for sure. And that's in the back of those players' heads too. So – no. Um, but this is a this is a daunting task. Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin next week at home, which Wisconsin hasn't looked good, but I think they might have the guy in this uh, interim head coach. That's at least what uh, the Wisconsin fans think. And then you got a bye week, and then you go to Michigan, and you still got Penn State looming to to finish the season. It's it's tough. It, it certainly is tough. Um, the, my my seven and a half over win total does not look good. Uh, does not look good it's at in, all. It's in doubt, as, as some would doubt. say. It yeah. is in, in heavy doubt. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> maybe they get it together. Maybe they do. You have to make I, it a shootout I love Saturday. You, you have to. You're not going to yes. stop Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's going to score 35 to 42 points easily. Easily. If things go wrong, uh, you have to make it a shootout. There's going to be big plays. That's how Ohio State's defense has played this year. But they're also making so many things happen. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a chaotic defense and that's what they needed. Spartans are going to need some turnovers. Yep. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's the way to victory. I think you got to pick CJ off twice, um, and and get some points off of those. And, and I, and everybody knows that. And if you look at the last, you know, five years, if you look at, at, at games where Ohio state has been absolutely like favored by 40 points, that's what it looks like. You have to dirty the game up. You got to win on the defensive line and you got to disrupt, you know, the QB and, and CJ, I love him. I'm rooting for him to win the Heisman. I think he's got a terrific chance at it this year, but let's call a spade a spade. If you get uh, bodies on CJ early in a game, he starts to hear it about a little quicker than he does on on anything, and it changes his delivery. And and uh, and in games where he has struggled, that has been the case. If he if you get him into the grass and he starts getting a little nervous for how much time he has in the pocket, uh, that's where you get an issue. And just to just to go back to your comments on the recruits and how big of a day that is for Michigan State, because Ohio State's had a number of those already. Because Clay, I don't know if you realize that five home games in a row. Yeah for Ohio state to start the season. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never rooted for us when that's been the case. That might be the first time in, in program history that that's been it, but we've had a number of huge stages, you know, for recruits to be in on number one, the Notre Dame game to open the season was unbelievable. But all that to say for the Spartans, you know, uh, all that really matters. I, I don't know that it matters that, that you keep it competitive. You need to look like that you belong on the field. Yeah. That, that's really what matters for the recruits. Um, and then really the the pitch just changes, right? Like especially with those four and five star guys, it's not, hey, look how great this program is. It's, hey, we need you. Yep. 
you're beat the, you're the teams, solution. You know, like in Ohio State. Yes, exactly. So looking forward to that. And I can say that from first, uh, maybe secondhand experience being, fr- uh, I have seen a game uh, in the East Lansing before when Ohio State's come to town. Uh, and I will say they do a terrific job. The atmosphere is unbelievable. Uh, and, and that's really what matters for recruits, right? What does the game day, you know, environment, the experience look like? How much do people care? And that's one thing you never really have to worry about with Michigan State. They have a terrific fan base. Uh, they're going to be there in droves on Saturday, and I'm really looking forward to it. With that, I think I'm going to turn the page. Normally, we call it uh, Adam's Gambling Corner. This week, it is Clay's Gambling Corner, and I've got the sheet up. I'm not sure. Clay, just give me a nod. Do you have it in front of you? If not, I'll kind of lead the games, and you can just do the picks. Uh, I do not have it right in front of me. Okay. I got it. I'll, I'll introduce the, the games, and then you get the picks, but Perfect. right now, we're turning the page. Uh, actually, before that, I hate to do this. I, I needed to interrupt with one sponsor alert. This episode of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast is brought to you by Preble County's Pembroke Welsh Corgis. Folks, if you're looking for the number one name in short, fluffy, uh, they've got creamsicle variety. they got the black and orange and white variety. But any of them little uh, guys that you like walking pretty close to the ground, uh, if, a, if a few logs in the forest fell between them, they would be totally stuck in the middle of the forest because evolution has done them wrong. But Pebble County, Pe- Preble County's Pembroke Welsh Corgi retailer is the number one name in Pembroke Corgis. Please look them up on Facebook today if you're interested in serving your Pembroke Welsh Corgi needs. And with that, we're headed to the gambling corner. Uh, this week... Clay uh, came up with a number of picks for us with uh, the good boy, the farmer himself, Adam Vonderhaar, uh, uh, leading uh, the nation's harvest, uh, trying to feed America. Uh, he was uh, not here, uh, so we have a number of picks that we're going to go through today. Uh, I, I want, I'm testing out the music. It's a little too much to run through the entire gambling quarter, so I'll give us just, just there at the start. But to begin the gambling corner, we have Washington State making the trip down to the University of Southern California. USC favored by 12 and a half points, a pretty big spread uh, for a Washington State team that's looked frisky through a few games. Clay, who do you have in this game? Yeah, I think uh, I've been heavy on USC uh, this year, uh, just the points uh, in general. But, man, is it a look ahead to uh, to, to Utah for, for USC? Uh, Washington State has has played close uh, in a lot of games. I, that's just a lot of points. I Washington State can score with USC. Uh, I, I would take the points here with Washington State. I'm right there with you, Clay. Uh, I like USC, but my problem for it is next week with Utah, that is kind of a game for the conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, the winner of that game uh, is really going to be the only team out of the Pac-12 that's going to have a genuine bid at being able to make the college football championship. So with that, I think there's a little bit more juice going into that uh, game. So, And then you're giving me almost two touchdowns you know, with points. Uh, yeah, I'll take Washington State to keep things uh, close on the road, maybe cover last minute is kind of what I see. But yeah, 12 and a half is a bit too much. Uh, heading to the center of the country, one of the top five rivalries in all of college football. I like to dump on both of these fan bases <laughs> because I think that I think that they're a bit ridiculous uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, man, a few years ago, we had a pretty fun home and home with Oklahoma. And that was the Baker Mayfield planting the flag in, in uh, the stadium. You know, those years, pretty good rivalry back and forth. But still, I really have no love for either of these uh, programs. Um, 
you know, Ohio State great Quinn Ewers looks like he's getting the nod to start uh, for Texas on Saturday. Glad, uh, yeah, glad that he can. We can send a Buckeye down there to be able to help Texas uh, out whenever they need it. Uh, the Red River rivalry, formerly known as the Red River Shootout, Texas is favored by nine and a half points. I believe that spread did move up a little bit when Quid was uh, when Quinn got the nod that he was going to be able to start on Saturday. Uh, it's played at the Texas State Fairgrounds, so you might, you know, always give the lean a little bit to Texas as far as the home crowd advantage. But Texas, again, favored nine and a half points versus Oklahoma University. Clay, who do you have? Yeah, the Red River Showdown. Certainly, I would guess at the beginning of the year, they thought uh, in their minds it was going to be a pretty pretty big game. And, and maybe even after two games, you thought, man, this could be, this could be big. Um, certainly, uh, oh, man, Oklahoma just looks so bad. Uh, I think I think a lot of points in this game. I, uh, I would say Texas. If Quinn Ewers can be Quinn Ewers, it's Texas. I think in a route. Uh, but but I would also uh, take take the over because you know you take overs in fun games like this. It's the Red River Showdown, formerly Shootout, like you said. Take the over. It's fun. I've done this a million times because I, I get it mixed up. Red River Rivalry, Shootout, Showdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're near the Red River, whatever that means. I doubt it's really red. Maybe, well, it is maybe red the soil the is. soil's red, so it makes the river red. Yeah. It's the river that runs between <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma. River runs red. That's right. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and, Clay, with that, you gave the over. Do you know what the over I'm is? I'm trying to look at the total right now. Okay, um, okay. I'm seeing it at a few different lines. Let me let me look, and I'll I'll get you an exact number here. I really want to take Oklahoma just because it's one of those days where it's like, man, TCU just beat the ever-living dog crap out of Oklahoma last week. And you think, man, can they look any worse? Venables, I think, is an okay coach, but he's only been a coordinator until this year, obviously. A lot of success back at Clemson. Um, so my my head is telling me take Oklahoma, take those points in the bounce back. My problem is I don't like either of these programs. Between the two, I like Texas uniforms a lot better than the burnt orange. I think that bird, the burnt orange is nice. I mean, I can hate hate Texas as much as you want, uh, but that nice any of those combos that's just like that nice unique color with the white and the way that they do it on theirs is a really nice nice look. And you got the Longhorn obviously on the helmets. But with that, once again, I'm going to root for Ohio State. Great Ohio. State legend, potential Heisman candidate down the road, Quinn Ewers, uh, rain some touchdowns down in the rivalry. Uh, yeah, I'm going to lay those points down, hoping that it's just a route. And with that, man, if the Booner, Booner, uh, Boomer grade are not, um, you know, questioning this Venables hire after last Saturday, if they get blown out mm -hmm. in the rivalry against uh, Texas, that some question marks are going to start happening uh, there in Oklahoma. I'm not saying that I don't think that they would fire him because it was a huge move to go grab him at, uh, in the offseason. But, man, we've seen it these last few years more than ever. It takes nothing for a for a blue blood program to drop off the face of the earth and, and become, you know, kind of just another person in their conference. Pair that in with Oklahoma and Texas, both joining the SEC in these next few years, and we'll see what the future of this uh, program looks like. But, yeah, riding with Texas, laying the points. Um, big one, the home for college game day this Saturday. TCU heading to, and Clay, this is a guess. Is Kansas U, it's in Lawrence? Yes. Is yes, right? sir. Yeah. You got her. Yeah. First time game day. Uh, First time ever in the uh, Kansas program history, for as much as I made fun of Rutgers at the beginning of this podcast, Kansas has been the oh, Rutgers of college football for, for 
for all of eternity. Um, but for them to have a competitive team this year is pretty exciting. TCU's rolling into Lawrence with, I think, a top-five offense in the entire country. They're, they're lighting it up with points every single week. They made Oklahoma look ridiculous last week. Um, they are laying seven points. I'll give my pick first and let Clay talk about his. I am going to roll with the Horn Frogs. I'm uh, uh, on Saturday, I'm laying the seven points down. Yeah, I, it's tough. You know, you want to think Kansas first time game day, big atmosphere. They're probably going to have the, the a sellout crowd there. Maybe a record for for <laughs> that stadium. Probably. This is their first true test. I know they beat Iowa State. Iowa State missed four field goals. Uh, I just I can't see it. Uh, that this offense, I think, just just absolutely lays it on and lays it on quick. I, I got it. I, I would have a harder time betting on Kansas and, and winning uh, yes. than, than, than lose. I, Cause I could see TCU winning by 30, 30 points, maybe not well, that many, but three or four touchdowns. You're in the, you're, you're in the fourth quarter and, and TCU's up two touchdowns and you're just yeah. like, what am yeah. I doing? Or it's tied I, or, so you or can't... it's tied and, yeah. and they score and you push, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I just, I just can't yeah. see it. I TCU with the points. Precisely. Pretty, pretty convincingly for me. I think, I think if it's, if it's not a game day atmosphere and, and nobody's talking about it, even though both teams are undefeated, it's probably like a nine, 10 point spread. Completely agree. A lot of, and I, and I love it for the fan base. I love the parody. Great for Kansas to, to be up there and be competitive. In the Absolutely. Big Hopefully that's, that's, that's something that can stay. And as that conference kind of shifts around, they're going to be looking for who are the new leaders, you know, in this conference as Oklahoma and mm-hmm. Texas, you know, are, are, leave, are leaving here soon. So good for them uh, to open up big 10 play for the weekend. And Clay, you gave me this before we started. This is a prime time game. Yeah, big Iowa time. heading into Sham- Iowa, Iowa, the Hawkeyes heading up to Champaign, Illinois, um, you know, to take on uh, Bielman. And, and really, he has that fight, them fighting Illini looking pretty good a few games into this season. You're really excited to see it. All of the Big Ten West tied for first place is one way to say it uh, right now in that division in the conference. So still anybody's game, a huge one to decide the end of the season and to see who's going to be a contender uh, to make that trip out to Indianapolis. Um, Iowa is heading into Champaign as three point underdogs. Um, I'm going to give mine first again on this. Um, Right now with Iowa, folks, and I I love a good defense, and I love a great Iowa defense. It's one of the best parts of being a Big Ten Conference uh, fan. You can count on them every year. They're going to have something that can make a problem for folks in the backfield. My problem is they cannot score a point. I mean, they, they need that de- they need that defense to do everything for them. And you saw that uh, last week against Michigan. It looked pretty uh, kind of ridiculous. I mean, it was really kind of a worse game than it, than it looked even with the mm-hmm. final score. Uh, the, the defense punches in a score there at the end to make it uh, just a little over 10 points there. But uh, I, I kind of have this mantra until Iowa proves me wrong. I can't pick them until they can, they can figure something out. Kirk Ferentz's son is still running the offense for some crazy reason. Because it's his um, son. Nepotism. Because it's his son. <laughs> yeah, I love Neapolitan <laughs> ice cream, and I hate nepotism. That's it. Um, I am taking the fighting Illini. I'm laying the three points at home in Champaign. What it, and what is hopefully the start of a Big Ten West campaign uh, for the Illinois Fighting Illini and what will be the first time in more than 10 years. I don't know the last time they've been competitive. So, um, yeah, we'll take it, but I'm laying the points. Go the, ahead. the fighting Illini, uh, Brett Bielema, former Iowa Hawkeye college football player. He People has forget. the Hawkeye on his leg tattooed. People do forget that. 
uh, Illinois score, just scorned me week one against Indiana. I had Illinois. I thought Illinois, no problem. They lose to Indiana, who we have since learned is not good at all, not a good football team. So Michigan State will probably lose to them. Uh, it's Illinois at home, big game, first big game there in Champaign and probably a really long time where maybe they feel like they have a chance to win the West, um, especially if they win this game. They're kind of in the driver's seat. Uh, I, I still think it's probably Minnesota, but uh, you feel like you got a chance. I mean, if you were to tell me that Nebraska was tied for first place in the Big Ten West at this point, you'd laugh, but they are. And Crazy. It's, it's Illinois minus three for me um, yeah, pretty, pretty easily. I actually probably going to take the over two because I root for chaos, 36 and a half on that one uh, just for fun because I, I've been betting Iowa just, overs all year. Um, and have they hit? No, I think I've only got one, but still it's fun. 36 and a half is not. Feels like the, no, there's no points there at all. <laughs> feels like the ball's going to hit the ground. If yeah, it has to. Has doesn't to. it? Seems, seems, seems like there's going to be some chaos on to. Saturday. Maybe a pick six. couple Iowa maybe scores. run back. Yeah, yes. maybe a, a special yes. team touchdown. Give me over 36 and Definitely. A half. Definitely. And then the marquee game for us on the Silver Bullet Saga, the Buckeyes heading up the road uh, into East Lansing to take on the Spartans. Ohio State at the time of this recording favored by 27 points even. So for 27, you're pushing, but anything over that, you get your points if you're betting on the Buckeyes. I hate this. I hate betting spreads this big. I would stay away if it was my own money. Uh, But for what we've seen from the Spartans five games into the season, if you're making me pick the game, I got to take the Buckeyes. I got to lay the points down. Um, you like this. What you didn't get to see against Rutgers last week was Kyle McCord, the backup at Ohio State, getting to air the ball out at all, mostly because of the hurt feelings after the fake punt, not fake punt uh, situation. Ohio State just said, hey, let's close this game out and get get back in the locker room healthy with a win. Um, Ohio State's not going to have a ton more opportunities for backups to get uh, serious in-game reps, so I could see even if the Bucks are up a few touchdowns uh, coming out of the half, um, Ryan Day still wanting to air the ball out and get some young guys some reps on offense and still go to, going down the field to score. Uh, we saw that last year. Ohio State kind of closes the door early on Sparty, and, and then it turns into kind of a, a crazy game, obviously, after that. Uh, but for me, if you're making me choose, I'm going to lay those points down. I loved it a lot more at 24, but at 27, I'll still take it. Yeah, it's uh, you know another one where you you wouldn't feel good about taking Michigan State plus twenty seven and losing this bet because if you lose it, it's maybe forty two to seven, fifty five to ten. If if uh, if, if, if feels like a forty ten correct uh, I game, mean, that's that's what it feels like. You yeah. know, twenty seven. You're just asking for a four touchdown win, and I, I've watched every yeah. snap of this Michigan State football team. <laughs> Everyone, unfortunately, to to my demise. And I've watched the yeah. way people can throw the football on them. I've watched the people the way people can run the football on them. And I've watched the way the offenses went. And I just don't know how, how they keep up. Um, I, I, I will not bet on the spread because I, I will never bet against uh, my teams. It's just kind of one of those things that you don't feel good about it. Uh, but I will tell you my favorite bet, and I texted you and Adam this uh, yesterday, uh, over 34.5 points in the first half I think is maybe the easiest bet. of So easy it scares me because you're hoping – that Ohio State can score four touchdowns, and maybe Michigan State can sneak one in somehow pretty easily. And if you don't remember last year, Ohio State scored 35 points in the first quarter. So one, one, of, the crazier, one of the crazier first quarters in the history of the program. Right. I mean, that, that, that doesn't happen, Correct. 35 Correct. points. Yeah. So, so 
over my, my favorite bet. Maybe it's my, it might be my favorite bet of the weekend. I can't believe the numbers this low. 34 and a half, first half over. Um, if you're into gambling and you don't think that that's, that's one that you can bet on, I, we, we'd have to have a talk, I guess. And if you're not into gambling and you want to get in, <laughs> maybe it's your first time and um, you get, get after it because, man, that's, that's a pretty J- easy win. Listen, for me. Clay. January second, we need to get an official sponsor in yeah, here. Yeah, uh, let's go. Where, it's about where time. Where, where we're pointing bets. It's about yes. time. So I, that that'll be a task for Adam. He's going to have to seek out who's who's who owns the Adams Gambling Corner. I love it. Uh, that can pay us to be here uh, every Thursday night. So for that, for the folks at home, for Adam, for Clay, Clay, do you have anything else for the good folks at home? Well, it's going to be a great Saturday. Uh, whoever wins, uh, we, we all know who it probably will be, but let's all be friends at the end of the day. That's they, I have a lot of friends. We, in this we just hope they have fun. Yeah, everybody have fun. Uh, I will be at the game tailgating. I'm going to plan on having a lot of fun myself. Uh, so uh, <laughs> everybody have a, have a great and blessed weekend and win all your bets and, and may all your teams succeed and stay healthy. I think that that is a beautiful message and one that most in Buckeye Nation can get behind heading into Saturday. And with that, I got to thank Adam for for joining in for another episode, for for being willing to hop in while he's out there tending the fields and trying to feed America. But for Adam, for Clay, for the good folks at home, thank you for joining for another episode of the Silver Bullet Saga. I'm talking about you, that's me, Dusty Rhodes, the side of the ring, this Saturday, headed up to East Lansing, we're gonna head, we're gonna send you the whole seat, we're gonna send you the whole seat, but you're gonna only need 